0: Hey everyone, welcome to the DeSuckify Work Podcasts. Today, I'm speaking with Jason Fried, co-founder of 37signals, best known for Basecamp, the only project management software that ever made sense to me. They also created Hey! email and are getting ready to launch a new calendar app in 2024. Jason is one of the primary inspirations for this whole DeSuckify thing. He and co-founder David Heinemeier Hansen's book, It Doesn't Have to be Crazy at Work, opened my eyes to the gaslighting reality so many of us have endured in the workplace. Endless meetings, nonsensical communication, a million cooks with zero accountability. None of it is necessary. Who knew? In this episode, Jason and I get into all of that and more. We talk about the freedom that comes with time constraints. We talk about the fruitless pursuit of estimating and how humans are simply not capable of doing it well. And we touched on this crazy idea that I I vaguely remember reading about in my economics textbooks way back. Tell me if you've heard of it. It's called profitability. Um, Apparently it's something businesses should strive for if they wanna create a workplace that isn't insane. Not insane sounds pretty delightful to me. Let's hear more about that. Okay, everybody, welcome to the DeSuckify Work podcast. Today, we've got uh, Jason Freed as our guest. He's from 37 Signals. Jason, nice to have you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Awesome. Well, Jason, I I followed you for a bit now, and so I, I'm familiar with what you guys do and some of your perspectives on work. And I'd love for people to start to experience that who maybe don't, aren't familiar with you. So maybe we can start by just, you know, if you get a second to introduce yourself and tell people what you do and uh, what you're most excited about right now.
1: Sure. I run a company called 37 Signals. We're most well known for a product called Basecamp. So some people may not know 37 Signals, but may know Basecamp. And then we also make a product called Hey, H-E-Y.com, which is a new Mm -hmm. email service we launched a few years ago. So Mm -hmm. that's what we do. We've been Mm -hmm. in business for about uh, 24 years so far. Mm-hmm. Strapped and primarily, we've been remote most of our life mm-hmm. as a company. Um, and we have a lot of different views on business that I would say in our industry are um unconventional. You know, remote mm-hmm. working is something we've been doing for a long time, that's just now recently, of course, become the thing. Mm-hmm. Four work weeks uh, in the summer, we've been doing that mm-hmm. for well over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, keep the call, keep the company as small as we possibly can. So, we have mm-hmm. about 80 people now. Um, which is the biggest we've ever been, but we've always been well under a hundred people. Hmm. And many of the companies we compete with have hundreds, if not thousands of people. So we, we believe in small teams and, and yes. small companies. Um, and we write a bunch of books and share everything we know about what we do. So there's really no proprietary anything. It's just all mm-hmm. out in the open. Um, so anyway, that's, you know, yeah kind of maybe a a brief opening summary of some of the things that we're doing
0: i love it i mean i think we're going to probably touch on a bit of all of those things because i think together they sort of form a a somewhat unconventional as you said perspective on work i think from my perspective a lot of those things could certainly help to to use my language de-suckify work um so i want to dig into that a little bit you know in terms of the sort of state of work, I don't know how much you're sort of paying attention to the world at large. I know you're on LinkedIn a lot, so I assume you're seeing some of the stuff there. What, what's
1: your take on where we are with work right now?
0: How does it feel to you?
1: Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, well, there's there's been a lot of change over the past few years, obviously, with COVID and then mm-hmm. everyone getting forced into remote work. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then now companies are trying to figure out what to do like now that they don't have to work remotely anymore do they still want to do they not want to are they exploring hybrid so there's a lot of um turbulence I think Mm -hmm. it feels very turbulent actually at the moment plus the economy is a little tricky like the stock market's been doing well but um uh interest rates are high so a lot of the free money that was being essentially given out and uh VC money has been you know it's been pulled back so there's Mm -hmm. a lot less of that so so it's less frothy, at least in my industry and many others that depended on on outside funding. Um, mm-hmm. People are trying to get, having to get serious now about profits and costs. And these are new things for a lot of companies to, to think about because for a long time, they didn't have to worry about this stuff. It was all about valuation. It wasn't about profitability. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of change in the air. Uh, I think these are all good changes. I think profitability is important. I don't think it's healthy to run on other people's Fuel. I think you need to produce your own, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, although I don't, I don't know about the the uh, remote hybrid in the office transitions. Everyone's got their own thing. Everyone's got their own company, their own way. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that a lot of employees like to stay remote, and then a lot of companies Mm -hmm. don't want them to. So there's a lot of that going on. Mm -hmm. We're remote. We're going to be that way, but it's not right for everybody. So everyone's got to figure out their own thing. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I would say is that. um, I think companies are realizing that um, they are probably a bit bloated and probably doing a lot of things they didn't need to do. Mm-hmm. And that's forcing some changes internally too, about how many people do they need? What do they need people working on? What's worth doing? What isn't worth doing? So there's a lot of that going on too. So it's an interesting time. I'd say it's very transitional right now.
0: Yeah. I think I think I would agree with that transitional. I like the word turbulent because that- yeah. You know, you talk about your industry and I come from the world of advertising and marketing. Yeah. It's similar in that space, partly because I think some of our business comes from the world of tech and software and all that, but also just uh, there was that early COVID kind of like craze where suddenly everybody was just hiring everybody. And yeah. then it went away as as inflation and interest rates went up. So I think a lot of people are feeling that. and And I think it adds to something that you probably touched on. I don't know how many years ago you wrote this book, but you wrote a book called uh, you and your co-founder David wrote a book called, it doesn't have to be crazy at work. And that, that is actually how I discovered you. I knew a base camp. And then I read that book and I was like, well, yeah, it, it, I've always felt like it doesn't have to be crazy, but yet it is. Almost everywhere I've gone, there's some degree of crazy. And it's just how, how much you dial that up. So one, you know, when you wrote that, what what were your thoughts on how to make it not crazy? And then, do those lessons still apply today? Now that things are a little bit more turbulent?
1: Yeah, I, I don't have the book in front of me, but the cover basically says it all. So the cover is a list of things yeah. that most people do at work, and we have a big X through it, and like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So things like, um, you know, working weekends, uh, pulling all nighters. Um, mm-hmm. Eighty-hour work weeks, uh, meeting, meeting, meetings. You know, lots of meetings. Um, uh, impossible deadlines, which we call dreadlines. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of that stuff. So, you know, it came because. Um, We were originally going to call the book "The Calm Company," which is we mm-hmm. try to think of ourselves as relatively calm—not all the time, but most of the time. Mm-hmm. But and the and the the subtitle was "It doesn't have to be crazy at work." Right. But I kept he- when I kept asking people how it was at work. You know, I asked friends, "Hey, how's it going? What's going on at work?" You know, they're always like, "It's crazy! It's crazy! It's cr-. everyone says that." Yeah. And and I don't I don't identify with that. Like I don't I don't I don't feel cr- like works crazy. Mm-hmm. There's some times where that we push a little bit harder and that, but that's mm-hmm. like same with life. Sometimes you go to the gym, yep. like you push harder, but you're not mm-hmm. doing that all day long. Mm-hmm. So I just recognize work as should be a relatively calm place where you can do really good work and have eight hours and do good work and that's enough. And, mm-hmm. and so we just kept hearing this crazy. So we're like, you know, what, we should flip this and may, basically like address this head on because most people's work environments, they would consider to be crazy. And the problem is, is that it was sort of a badge of honor for quite a while and still is for some, which is yeah. It's crazy. I'm working crazy hours. You know, it's like, yeah, but why? And what are you getting out of that? And what, what are yeah. the costs of that? You know? Mm-hmm. So we just want to shine a light on the fact that it doesn't have to be that way, that companies mm-hmm. can run in a more sane, calm, controlled manner. Mm-hmm. And that you don't need to put in all this extra work because most of it is being spent on things that aren't worth doing in the first place. Hmm. That's the sort of the deeper message. It's like you can you can work, 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 work. But if you only need to do 10 or 20% of that anyway, what's, you know, what are you doing? So we hmm. want to call, you know, shine a light on that and then share again. Our books are basically like, we think of them as cookbooks. These are essentially our recipes for how okay. we run our business. And so hmm. that's our latest cookbook that was came out a few years ago, which is sort of our point of view on how to keep it calm, essentially. Hmm. And so that's, if people are interested in that, that's a good one to read.
0: Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Um, And it's funny when you started ticking off all the things that are on the cover, I was just like, well, th- that just sounds like work to me. Right. Like, like, yeah. I like long long hours, work and weekends a lot. I mean, the meeting thing. Um, and I think I like your point towards the end there, where you got into this idea of we, we tend to do a lot of things we don't need to do. And that definitely rings true. And I think you'd find that in a lot of industries. But I think what people struggle with is How do I know what I shouldn't be doing and what I should be doing? Because that's where you might get 20 different opinions. So how do you guys figure that out?
1: Yeah. What's worth doing is, is a hard one. I feel like it takes some time to settle in and build up the instincts and the muscle memory there. Yeah. One of the things is we, is that we, we just, we force ourselves into a structure that prevents us from doing too many things. So for example, on any given feature that we're working on for Basecamp or Hay, or any new product that we're doing. Only two people can work on it. So one programmer, one designer, well, that's it. And they have a maximum of six weeks to deliver the whole thing. And most things take right. less time. So we we already say like six weeks is the most we're willing to spend on any new feature, not product. A product is a string of, if we're building a new product, it's many, many s- strings of six weeks at a time. But right. every six weeks, we launch new stuff for Basecamp and hey. And so that's it, six weeks and two people. Hmm. And so what that does is it forces you into... Really getting good at what we call scope hammering, uh, which is like here's the big scope, and we need to hammer this thing down into a small enough nugget that we can actually get it done. And so, when you only have a few people and you don't have that much time, you actually get real pretty quick. Like you 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 mm-hmm. build up, you understand, you ultimately figure out what is the ascent what are the essentials here, what's the core, mm-hmm. what needs to happen, what can we not do, what can we save for another time maybe, and you just get good at 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 narrowing it down. It's just, it's no different than you know, um, well, there's this, there's this, this maxim, um, I think it's, um, called Parkinson's law, which is, uh, work expands to fill the time available. Mm-hmm. And it's just so true. Yeah. And so you give something forever, well, then it's going to take forever. You give something a short period of time. It's going to take a short period. If today, today we're talking on a Friday, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if, if something needed to be, needed to be done by Wednesday of next week, and nor- like normally you were given two weeks to do it, but someone's like, I need it by Wednesday. You'll get it done on Wednesday. And what you'll do is you'll do a simpler version of it. You'll Mm -hmm. cut things out of it because you simply can't do all the things you'd want to do. Mm -hmm. And it'll be a better version. It'll Mm -hmm. probably be better. So what we do is we know human instincts are not on our side here. Like (laughs) We we want to put in the extra time. We want to do more. We want to make it perfect, all the things. Mm -hmm. So we sort of structurally prevent ourselves from falling into those traps. That's Mm -hmm. the best way I've found to, to not get carried away. With with hmm. making things like kind of take forever and do too many things that you don't need to do. Wow, well, I mean, there's there's a couple things in there that struck me as interesting. Another thing, actually, let me add one more thing to yeah, that. Go ahead. This is a terrible analogy, but it just if your house was burning down and you had five minutes to take the important things, like mm-hmm. you would know what they would be. Mm-hmm. If I said you need to move out of your house in three weeks. And you need to put together a collection of all the all of the most important things, you would procrastinate, your list of things mm-hmm. would be way, way, way bigger. You know, you'd probably get to the end and go, Oh my God, should I, should I not? But the I mean, again, not a good analogy because you don't want your house burned. But right, if if you need to get out in five minutes, you will make decisions mm-hmm. and they'll be clear and crisp and maybe left something behind that you wouldn't have.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: I bet you're gonna pick the things that really matter. And that's kind of what we're trying to do, in a sense, mm-hmm. with the way we're yeah. I without mean, without the hair on fire without the hair or the, the fire scariness. Right. But, you know, the same concept.
0: Yeah. And I think what I wonder about in that scenario, a couple of things. One, how did you, how did you get there? Meaning, did you always kind of have a vision of that basic concept of minimal time and, and small teams? Or did you have to kind of fumble a little bit to
1: get there? We 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 had it to some degree, but then we fumbled over many years. Mm-hmm. One of the advantages of being in business for a couple of decades is like you have the time to hone your mm-hmm. craft and your approach and your your systems and try things that work and don't work. So mm-hmm. but we've always had the 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 like small companies where it's at, small teams where it's at. We've always had that. Mm-hmm. We used to have a three-person team working on things. Now it's two. So we've actually honed in there more. Well, no. there was also times in our history where we we would do things and they would take as long as they take. Like, how long is this going to take? As long as it takes until we're satisfied. So we did that method for a long time. And that mm-hmm. turns out like you end up spending three months on something that should have taken three weeks. But since there's no limit, you just keep going. Right. right. And maybe in some ways it turns out better. But was it worth the extra mm-hmm. you know, uh, not 10 weeks or something like that? So usually mm-hmm. yeah. not. Yeah. Um, so then then you get frustrated. Then you then you like shorten that. And then you shorten that. And then maybe you overshorten it. And then you have to expand it again. Mm-hmm. We sort of settled in on this idea of six-week cycles. So six-week cycles, meaning six weeks is the most time that we all give anything individually mm-hmm. uh, to get out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not a new product, but a feature for an existing product. Yeah, uh, It's six weeks felt right. It's enough time. You can sort of see the end when you start. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never get stuck in something that goes on and on and on and on and on. Because that's a huge morale killer is where you've probably been... Been, being in the advertising industry, you probably work for clients mm-hmm. uh, who will remain nameless, right? But who just couldn't make up their mind and the project kept going and going and going. And by the mm-hmm. end, it's like all the excitement is blown out of it because you're like, this mm-hmm. is just, yeah, uh, another take, another take. We're watering it down. It's becoming mm-hmm. diluted. Yeah, And that's what happens when things just go on and on and on. They rarely get better. They often get worse.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so just having to recognize that has allowed us to kind of find our way. And this is where we're currently at. Mm-hmm. Ask us in five years, we might have tweaked this a little bit. I, I don't know, but that's where we're at today. And we wrote a book on this called Shape Up. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I saw something it about dot Basecamp.com slash shape up. One word, yeah. mm-hmm. download it for free, read it for free, read online. I um, mean, mm-hmm. that's our whole point of view on how to work very specifically, our, our work methods. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be crazy at work and rework are our business ideas. Mm-hmm. But Shape up is really how we work on a day-to-day basis based on the six-week cycle system, two, two teams, the whole thing, or two people teams or two-person teams. Hmm. So oh,
0: I like that. I mean, I think what I like about your books. I mean, th- you talk about them as kind of like cookbooks, and I think of them almost as like um, if anybody wants to experiment with what you guys do, you've you've basically just laid out some manuals for them. And so the Shape Up book sounds interesting because it does get into the 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 day to day six week cycle thing, which um, I hear that again through the lens of where I've been yeah, maybe some projects took six weeks, but a lot didn't. Um, right. And sometimes our, sometimes even longer deadlines felt crazy because I think we got caught in the trap of maybe doing more than we really needed to do. But there's one thing I think you mentioned, and it may be in that book, but I read it somewhere that part of you have the two-person team, but before they start on something, part of this shape-up idea is that, the you, I don't know if it's just you and some of the other leaders, but you shape and sort of refine the ask so that it is sort of in this middle ground of like not baked fully, but but enough that you can kind of know what you need to do. Can you can you expand on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, before we take on any projects, before projects are signed out to teams of two, um, they're shaped. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where shape up comes from. Shaped means um, they're written, they're thought about. Sometimes you can think about it for five minutes and you got it. Other mm-hmm. times it's like. Uh, it's been in your head for four months. Other times it's like we've got a week to figure out something. So whatever it is, but there comes a point where the idea is crystallized enough that we mm-hmm. can write it up with a couple sketch, really rough sketches. We use like thick Sharpie markers so we don't go into any detail. This is mm-hmm. just like, r- here's roughly the idea. Here's the direction. Here's why we want to build this thing. Mm-hmm. Here's some details that might help, but mm-hmm. it's not a functional specification in that it doesn't say... It must do these eighteen things this way. Uh, these are all the tasks that are going to be required. There's nothing. It's an it's a generic outline, general thing that points a team in a direction. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to the team to figure out how to get that thing done. Now, mm-hmm. tied to the what we call the shaping document is, and this is a fundamental difference too, is what's called an appetite, not an estimate. Mm-hmm. So we do not estimate how long things will take.
2: Mm-hmm
1: we instead have an appetite for how much we're willing to spend on that thing similarly like let's say you're going to vegas you're like okay i'm going to bring 500 bucks and like that's it and if i lose it i'm out yep that's an appetite yeah if you go to vegas and go i don't know what i'm going to lose like unlimited money i'm maybe going to lose 500 bucks maybe <sighs> going to lose a thousand that's an estimate And and they're always wrong. So you go to Vegas, you don't have the appetite. You have the estimate and you just keep, oh, God, I got to go back to the ATM and get that money back. And before you know Mm -hmm. it, you're down 2500 bucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, my God, what have I done? So we have appetites, meaning we're willing to give this feature, this thing. We think this is worth about – it's worth three weeks of our time. Mm -hmm. That's it and if it if it goes longer than that, it doesn't happen. Sometimes it might we might give it a couple days extra, but mm-hmm. it's never like weeks extra. you know it's like this is our appetite. This is it. And that is a huge difference. It's math. it's one word, but it's everything. Yeah. As humans are terrible estimators. Every project that's ever been estimated has gone over but pretty much over budget, over time, mm-hmm. always because we're just not good at it. Mm-hmm. The future is very unpredictable. And most estimates are pretty far out in the future. You don't estimate something's going to take one day. It's like, right. no, it's going to take nine months. Mm-hmm. You're going to be wrong. There's no way you're going to be right. Impossible. Mm-hmm. So appetites are better. And then they have a hard stop.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we have this thing called the circuit breaker. You can kind of pull the circuit breaker early for like, whoa, we really, we, as we got into this, we're realizing that we just got it wrong. It's going to take much more time than we thought mm-hmm. Then we can discuss how to trim it down. Mm -hmm. It's rarely add more time. It's just, how do we, what's the simplest version of this? Is there a simpler version of that? So that's the constraint that's really important to us.
0: Wow. Yeah, there's,
1: it seems like you guys bake a
0: lot of discipline into the way you work and not in a like sort of militaristic, scary sounding discipline, but just like very fundamental rules and process and and an approach that,
1: that keeps you honest. Um, Because humans suck at this and we're humans. We suck at estimates. We're terrible. Everyone is. How long is it going to take you to get to the grocery store? You go like every couple days, and like you're often wrong because there's some car stuck in the road, or you can't find parking, or someone calls you on the phone, and you got to take like there's a million things we just don't know. And and further out you go, and the bigger the estimate, the more inaccurate it's going to be. The less, the further out you go, the less you know about what's going to happen. We just do it to ourselves all the time, so we know like we are idiot humans. We can. We have to put some discipline, some some guardrails in for us, yeah. because we know what's going to happen if we don't. It's just yeah. about being honest about human nature.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: your point is, yeah, it's not militaristic discipline. Mm-hmm. It's The complete opposite. It's very open ended. In a, hey team, you figure this out. You figure mm-hmm. out what makes sense. You can tweak it. Whatever. It's not like it's rigid. It's not rigid. The, mm-hmm. the, best, the appetite's rigid. Right. The time is rigid. The idea is malleable. Mm-hmm. And. And so it's very open in that way but we cannot blow time because we will humans will just keep blowing time on stuff if there's not a clear break i, I get that i mean i think
0: i would say that's perhaps one of the biggest sure. challenges in certainly in the world i come from but i think from what i hear from others too is we really just don't, are not willing to accept what human nature is and so we we, we tend to think in terms of what we want human nature to be what it should be i should be good at estimating why aren't you yeah. good at estimating i should be able to to understand how long this one thing will take i should be uh good at all of these things that we're just not good at um honestly that conversation with a lot of companies and just going like just look at your last year how did your people behave Right. use that as your as your guideline rather than what you think they should do um how did you get comfortable or how are you so clear on accepting the limitations of us as humans
1: it's a great question i mean it's 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 because i like to make progress Mm -hmm. and um the other way is not how you make progress it's how you get stuck in the mud Mm -hmm. and so at some point like if we like to make progress we like to ship things we like to launch things we like to build new things we Mm want to get on to the next thing then you've got to find a system that's going to help you do that because otherwise yeah. you're going to be stuck in the mud, stuck on working something for nine months that should have mm-hmm. taken four weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then what ends up happening is that you have to keep saving face. So like, mm-hmm. gosh, like we've already spent six months on this. I can't give up now. Like mm-hmm. you another month, another month. And <laughs> before you know it, it's nine months and you're like, well, now we really can't give up because we're, look at all the work we're throwing out. If we th-. So we, we just like, if you want to make progress and you're not, you got to look at a different way of doing things. And so mm-hmm. it's based in that frustration that we felt mm-hmm. ourselves learning how to do it this way mm-hmm. that made us want to find a way to do it.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's really just that difference between really being uh, blindly optimistic about what we're capable of versus being just completely realistic about what we're capable of. And yeah. I think for some people that feels like defeat, but to your point, It actually opens up much more possibility and much more room for progress.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, it 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 can, I could see how it can feel that way to some, but really it's like that's just our nature. Like Mm -hmm. it's not you can't feel defeated by your nature. It just is. Nature just is, and humans are not good at estimating, and humans Mm -hmm. are very good at giving things more time and and Mm -hmm. and humans are loss of there's a lot of loss aversion. So they don't want to give up on something that they spend a lot of time on, which Mm -hmm. makes things later. And, right. later, and later, and like as just yeah. it just is like I. <laughs> and so the sooner you get to recognize your own nature and the nature mm-hmm. of your species, uh, the, the more progress you're going to make. Which is what everyone's really trying to do. Everyone really yeah. wants to make progress. That's what we all want to do. So mm-hmm. just be honest with yourself and recognize that, like, if you like the work, this is the fun work. The fun work is not getting stuck in a slog. That's not the mm-hmm. fun work. Something mm-hmm. creative about getting stuck. Yeah. Like, trudging through something that never seems to end that's not mm-hmm. that's like where creative creativity goes to die you know yeah. it's like more fun to have some constraints that are reasonable and you get to mm-hmm. work and then you go on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and get better and better and better and mm-hmm. put things out there in the world that people can see that's there's almost like there's no choice yeah it's like you're still driven to you want to build and make that you have to find a way to do it and you can't do it by getting stuck
0: yeah well and i think that that probably also comes back a little bit to your your philosophy on profitability, right? Because I think if you operate in a world where you have to be able to fund what comes next for yourself, that that forces you to get real versus if you're you're knowing that you're going to have some funding coming in from investors or whatever, you can you can both count on that to some degree, maybe not as much today, but also know that you have a story that you can probably tell to get more of that money when you need to, even though you're operating in a way that's not efficient at all. So profitability is is big for you guys, and it's not been big particularly in your industry in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah.
0: Has it always been that way for you? Did you kind of decide that at the at the outset, and, and what? Made By the you way, decide?
1: it's very insightful that you that you can see the line between it because the, there's a very clear line, and I don't think a lot of people see it. So mm-hmm. your business model has so much to do with what you're capable of actually doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we are. Self funded, purely funded through revenues from customers Mm -hmm. um, means we don't have money to waste. We don't want to waste money. It's money we've earned rather than money we've been given. Mm -hmm. And you tend to value that more. It's like any scarce resource. If I have, you know, if I'm on a hike and I have a bottle of water, like, I'm not chugging it all right now. If I've mm-hmm. got four more hours to go, like you're careful about it. If mm-hmm. you've got like an unlimited amount of water, you're just chugging whatever. I mean, this is probably a bad analogy again, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like I the thing it. is, like the VC the VC is like the unlimited fuel, unlimited water kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you just don't care, mm-hmm. uh, and then you get sloppy because you don't care. So we'll hire for more people, throw more people at the problem. You know, get mm-hmm. bigger and bigger and bigger. But what you're doing the whole time is creating more mass and more mm-hmm. mass, more mass of an object. The more energy it takes, it changes direction, just like mm-hmm. basic physics. Yeah, and, and and it's very hard to, to to create structure to hold up the whole mat, all that mass. Mm-hmm. So you have lot multiple multiple layers of management and all the mm-hmm. stuff that comes with yep. having a lot of money and hiring a lot of people, mm-hmm. and that slows everything down. Yeah, and before you'll never have a two person team. Then every team's twelve people because all mm-hmm. these different groups <laughs> need to be represented in the. Co- yeah, this is just what happens, and it all ties back to business model. Mm-hmm. Strap companies that only have a few people do not have a lot of layers. Mm-hmm. They do not have the, the luxury of time. They mm-hmm. do not have the luxury of of endless money and endless amount of mistakes they can keep making. They just have to get it right or figure out a way to do it and get better fast. Mm-hmm. So it does come back to that. Uh, to your question, has that always been true for us? We've been profitable since the beginning, every year mm-hmm. for 24 years. And that's mm-hmm. that is the only metric we really, really look at is profitability and not even like are we more profitable this year than we were last year I don't care if Mm -hmm. we're like less profitable three years in a row I I, kind of just don't care as long as it's not like radically different yeah we're on a downward slope for a bit I don't even care as long as we're making more money than we spend we can stay in business yet another year Mm -hmm. I'm good I'd like it to go up sure even stable is fine I'm Mm -hmm. talking about profitable profitability Mm -hmm. not revenue not user counts a lot of companies have all these metrics that are basically obfuscating the truth, which is like, are you, can you stay in business? Yeah. If you have your user growth through the, through the roof, like if you're losing money on each one, not Mm -hmm. good. So we look at profitability. So that, that is something we do focus on and have always focused on and always cared about.
0: Hmm. There's a couple of interesting things in there. One, when I think about the VC model or, or or even to some degree, corporate models, you know, running, running through, through the market, um, that that uh, inability to be good at estimating makes the 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 betting that takes place with the money that's being given sort of just wildly speculative right so i'm saying your company i'm going to throw 20 million in this round to your company based on you thinking that you're headed to this place but you really have no idea you know i mean the, the idea of estimating i think you talk about planning too that it's really kind of guessing um i mean that that makes me question that model on some level because you're betting on a future state that is basically just somebody going i think or i've planned or i've tried to estimate this thing i mean do you think that model is really sustainable
1: the uh planning model long-term yeah, yeah, the, planning the
0: model, the model that that relies on planning to get money from investors basically yeah
1: I, I I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. it is because it, it it's, I mean, look, there are examples of companies that have survived on that. So, sure. but you know, you can survive on all sorts of things that, mm-hmm. you know, there's outlier examples, right? Yeah. The problem with re- relying on investor money in perpetuity, which is what a lot of companies, like a lot of companies we compete with are just losing buckets and buckets and buckets of money. Mm-hmm. They've had VCs pumping in more because their aim is market share and growth. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the economy changes, like, you know, yeah. interest rates go up and uh, VC money dries up or there's a pandemic. Who knows? A million things can happen that are f- way out of your control. Mm-hmm. All things are pretty much out of your control, really. But yep. th- those are especially out of your control. And um, that can dry up so fast mm-hmm. and you can be no longer the the flavor of the month and and the soup of the day or whatever it is, and, and you're done. And like, they don't, they're moved on because there's a hot new thing that just came out of left field. and. Everyone's into that now. And the Mm -hmm. investors are putting money into that now. And your thing is now not cool anymore. Like, who knows, right? To have to depend on that, to me, is very, very flimsy. Mm -hmm. Now, if if you're depending on customers, customers can leave and all sorts of things can also, you don't control them. You don't control their decisions. But when you build up a customer base, uh, a a healthy customer base, Mm -hmm. you have a lot more, um, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, I can't. Resiliency. You're more resilient because if 10% of them choose to leave, mm-hmm. you're good because you have the 90% left, right? There's right. more variability there, more, more distributed revenue sources versus like if that VC decides to leave yeah. or the industry is no longer cool, like it dries up instantly and you're done. Mm-hmm. So your terms are terrible or whatever it is. So I I do understand why some companies use it to get off the ground. Yeah. The problem is, is that... um it just becomes so such easy living, and then mm-hmm. you just don't develop the skills to mm-hmm. make money. You develop the skills to generate revenue, mm-hmm. but you can go broke generating revenue, you can go broke right. generating a billion dollars in revenue if you cost mm-hmm. you a billion and one to run the business. So, yeah, I've always thought, I've always felt like, um, well, I mean, the thing. This isn't my thinking. This is just the way it is. Like the more you practice something, the better off you get at it. And the problem Mm -hmm. is, if you practice spending other people's money, you get good at that. Mm -hmm. But um, the harder thing is to learn how to make your own. And if you don't have to, if you don't have to, you won't be good at it. And then the time will come where you need to. Mm -hmm. It's like being thrown on stage with a guitar and you don't know how to play. Like, (laughs) what are you going to do? And so a lot of these companies are really struggling right now. So I I think you're better off building the skills to make your own money. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to take outside money for some reason at some point, in your business. You Mm -hmm. have the leverage to do that and you have, but you haven't lost your skills. So it's like, actually, it could be really beneficial at at a future date. Right. You could do both, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I could see that. I mean, I think, you know, the one area I can see benefit to that influx of money, if you have created sort of those skills and some good habits, um, might be if you're if you're just looking to innovate or explore something a little bit new or different perhaps that you need a little bit of that money to 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 sort of play in that space and so for you guys if you're operating through the self-funded thing when you think of something new so you released hey i don't know a couple years ago maybe i think i saw you're 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 exploring like a calendar um now like all of that exploration is still funded through your profits
1: yeah absolutely um Mm -hmm. so we, we, don't do anything we can't afford to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and um, that's just, you know, just how, how it goes. So uh, exploration is, is just another project. So mm-hmm. instead of like working on certain uh, core, hay features, we're spending the whole team is focused on the calendar, Got it. Have the calendar out, don't have calendar and email mm-hmm. and then on the product as a whole. So we just kind of shift resources a little bit versus okay. like, we don't, we didn't hire a separate team to just work on calendar mm-hmm. stuff or whatever. Uh, and you just do what you can. If you can't afford to do it, you don't do it, and you or you wait or you simplify it or mm-hmm. uh, you do you do you have to make a trade off or whatever it is. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's it. Um, and I think you know it depends on the industry. So if you're in the biotech industry, mm-hmm. you might be, you're almost certainly going to have to raise a bucket full of money, many mm-hmm. many bucket loads of money, because that's really hard, and it might take ten years before you can uh, get a drug to market, and you've got mm-hmm. FDA regulations and all these tests and clinical trials, like. Expensive.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: I make business software, and most mm-hmm. people work in my industry is like business software. And yeah. software is not that. Software is mm-hmm. cheap and easy to make. It just mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And so to have to raise millions of dollars to do that is ridiculous, in my opinion, compared to mm-hmm. raising millions of dollars to, to come up with a new drug. It requires, it really requires that kind of investment. Period. Mm-hmm. There's no way to do it otherwise. No, yeah. it's not that way. You, yeah, a a yeah. couple of people. And and each one armed with a laptop and uh, internet access, you know, you're talking uh, 10, 15 grand startup costs for three or four people, plus, of Mm -hmm. course, salaries and the whole thing. But, you know, they figure that out as they go. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. You know, there's no big R&D thing with this kind of stuff. Now, there, there might, like, you know if you're inventing AI, like if you're open AI and your other companies that are really, truly, truly making something new Mm -hmm. or require massive amounts of infrastructure to really process petabytes of stuff, all that like different story.
2: Yeah.
1: Most of the people we're talking about that we're thinking about in our heads don't have that situation don't need to play by those rules.
0: That makes sense to me. And I would say that probably Probably holds true in the, the world of advertising that I come from, even, even if there's occasional bits of innovation happening. It's within right. the context of what we generally do. And it's just iterating, I think, more so than innovating in that grand like coming up with something completely new. Yeah, and
1: it's 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 in that case, it's it's human capital and creative creative minds. And mm-hmm. it's not like you have any capital costs. Right. I mean, maybe in the old days or even I shouldn't say even currently, you might have an office space, whatever, mm-hmm. right? you get some rent. Yeah. But okay. Uh you got people. Talking, mm-hmm. thinking, some computers—you're good. You know, you're yeah. not. You're not. It's it's different. Like also, if you're going to open a restaurant, you need like you know industrial ovens and you, know, mm-hmm. you actually need stuff like right? physical at, stuff. These but... you don't need any of those things, right? In software yeah. business, you don't need any of those things. Yeah. So let's just not fool ourselves into thinking we need millions of dollars to do what we want to do. You just mm-hmm. do.
0: Yeah. But it's funny you talked about the the old days with offices, and obviously that's that's kind of a weird world we're in now, where there's this blend of. Some companies went remote during the pandemic and decided to stay that way. Some companies went remote and are playing with hybrid formations. Some are now getting to the point of really trying to go come back to the office, whether it's three days a week, four days a week, or even five days a week. Now you guys started remote and continue to be remote. And how one, Talk a little bit about what was the the thinking behind that, but then how, um, how do you guys manage to thrive in that where so many people seem to struggle?
1: I think part of it is we're just used to it. We've been, we've been working remotely kind of ever since, almost since the beginning mm-hmm. originally, we had three people or four people and we were all in Chicago and we didn't right. share an office space with someone, mm-hmm. it wasn't our space, it was someone else's space and we shared it, but we yep. still kind of worked remotely sort of, mm-hmm. and then, um, David who's my business partner today. He's lived in Denmark. Mm-hmm. And um he was he was in Denmark and I was in Chicago and we were working seven time zones apart, you know, and did that for many years and realized that that works just fine. Then the next person we hired lived in uh uh Utah, I think. Utah, don't Utah at the time. Mm-hmm. And that worked out too. And we just never like thought it couldn't work because we it just worked, you know. Right. We didn't we didn't have a an existential debate about should we be a remote company or a local company or should we it just who, who are the best people we can work with? And wh- I don't mm-hmm. care where they are yeah. until, until it doesn't work. Why, why stop working that way? Yeah. And so we just kind of grew up like that. We um, had a lot of practice. What mm-hmm. happened during the pandemic, of course, is, and it wasn't anyone's fault. They just got like thrown into this mm-hmm. very foreign way of working. Yeah. And what they tried to do was they tried to simulate the office remotely. That mm-hmm. does not work very well Yeah, because it's worse. If, for mm-hmm. example, if you're a meeting heavy culture, and then you try to have all your meetings on Zoom, uh, it's worse on Zoom. It's just mm-hmm. worse in every way. It's exhausting. It's, it's staring into a camera for hours on end. Yep. You've got a bunch of talking heads across. It's just you don't have any of the personal interactions. So it's mm-hmm. worse. So yeah. these companies that were doing it, having a meeting culture before, are having a worse meeting culture now. And, and companies that had to only do things in real time are mm-hmm. and finding it harder to do. And they're chatting more. And that's totally distracting and a terrible mm-hmm. way to work and all these yep. things. So they just understandably they got thrown into it so they didn't have time to think about it but mm-hmm. then they carry those bad habits with them with with them along and they just mm-hmm. never had the time to to come up with good habits so now they're falling back to their comfort place which yeah. is let's go back to the office where we could we knew how to do it yeah i understand that and for some companies i think it's it probably does make sense mm-hmm. um, we just happened to get i would say lucky because we just knew how to do this we've always been doing this so for us like there was absolutely no change in the way we worked when covid came the only thing that was different for us is we used to get together as a company twice a year with mm-hmm. uh, these meetups like next week we're actually in barcelona the whole company oh, wow. in Barcelona. Cool. get together for a week we get to see each other share meals share smiles be in the same room shake hands whatever give hugs the whole yep. thing and um that's important and we lost that during covid for a couple of years and we it, we found it was very important to still see each other Physically, at least a couple times a year for a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah.
0: I, that I was the only that. change
1: that we, we, but everything else worked the same the exact same way. Mm.
0: Yeah. I think that, that, that coming together, I think it's interesting because I think some people will talk about how being in the office creates some of those social bonds and all that stuff. But it sounds like what, what your approach is, is get together and have like real connection time for a week straight, a couple times a year sort of accomplishes some of those same things where people sort of get to know each other on a deeper level, feel that sense of human connection and that sort of carries through as they're now having to partner with each other on projects. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky for me to talk about it in a sense. Cause I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm, I just live in it. So I, I don't, I know. you know, we're just used to it, but, yeah. um, I, I think, um, I think it doesn't remote does not work if you try to simulate the in person experience. Remote yeah. is far more of an asynchronous style mm-hmm. method where you write things up in detail, you post them, people get back to you when they have a chance. Mm-hmm. It's not all this real time conversations, you're not interrupting people all the time, you're not pulling people off things all the time like you might in in, a, in an office setting. Yeah, because it's so easy just to walk to someone's desk and like interrupt them.
2: Mm-hmm. You're
1: very careful about that. So it's a very different way of working, um, and I think it's an important uh, shift if you wanna yeah. make it work, work well for you.
0: Okay, yeah, I think a lot of people should should look more into that that asynchronous thing because I do think it's such a clear distinction between that, that kind of constant sort of pester culture that we're yes. used to versus giving people time to do things and then allowing people to absorb new information at their own pace so that they can have the focus time to do what they mm-hmm. wanna do. So I, I think a lot of this stuff you're talking about um, shows up for me with a word that that you have sort of an interesting perspective on so i want to dive into it for a second which is culture Mm -hmm. so uh i think you posted recently something along the lines of like you don't create culture culture happens or something like that which sort of makes sense to me in the sense that it's the actions that define the culture more so than what you might put on a whiteboard or put in a presentation or put in some kind of a fancy presentation but you do you have this culture that seems to to work for you guys um, based on the actions you've taken, is there is there any point at which you think about it in any in any larger than the immediate decisions that are right in front of you?
1: Right. So to summarize my take on it, basically, um, I, culture just is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't make it, form it. It just forms. It mm-hmm. just and it's based on behavior, uh, mm-hmm. how how everyone treats each other at, at a company, basically. Mm-hmm. It's not the values you hold it's the it's the actions that you Mm -hmm. take Mm -hmm. It's it's like you walk into a um a rental car company and there's a big you know list of we believe in you know 10 things we care about our customers behind the thing and you're sitting there waiting for 45 minutes the place Mm -hmm. is dirty (laughs) and rude to you it's like that list is not culture the culture is my experience in -hmm. that space at that time that's what a company is and i've always thought of it as like a 50-day moving average it's kind of like you know, and that's good because it it's sort of it it it's changeable, but it's steady enough. but if you're if you want to get better, you can get better quickly, but you can also get mm-hmm. bad quickly. Mm-hmm. but it's really representative of how we've been. What are the lo- local trends mm-hmm. across the company? You can alter it by altering your behavior. You cannot mm-hmm. altering it by you cannot alter it by writing something up and posting mm-hmm. a list of principles. Okay. Cannot. I mean, yeah. unless that changes your behavior, yeah, in that case, yes, but but you have it. In the end, it all has to come down to the to the the the, the point of honesty. Like, is this how you are? Or mm-hmm. is how you wish you were? Um, and I've always thought of the 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 culture is is the weather, it's not mm-hmm. the forecast. The forecast mm-hmm. is it's gonna be 70 out today. The weather is I walk outside and it's 58. I don't give a shit what the forecast is. Like it's 58. That's that's the culture. The culture is 58 degrees. It's not the 70 you wish it was or you thought it was going to be. That's yeah. the best way I could put it.
0: I like that description. I think I think what could be interesting for people to explore there is if we know that, that our behavior and our actions and the weather, our culture, what are the means through which you can honestly observe and assess it? And then whatever works for you. To your point, if you write something on a list and it changes your behavior, then please, by all means, do that. But yes. if you can simply change your behavior by talking to your coworker and saying, you know that was kind of weird last month when we were all doing this thing you know what if we don't do that like that might be all you need and so it's, it's up to each company and perhaps some of the people in leadership to to just figure out what works but don't don't stand on the posters as yeah. your culture yeah
1: yeah i think that the real again it's okay to write it down and to think it through you can think about it you can mm-hmm say how you want things to be. You can rally the troops to change. All, all that can be very useful. Yeah. But a second later, it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. What matters is how are we. Yeah. How are we really? That's what yeah. really, really matters. Um. And, um, um, you know, so yeah, I don't want to discourage people from, some people feel like it's this fatalist thing where it's like, well, it just is. Yeah. Well, it is, it, it just is, but you can, of course, change it. Yeah. Through actions, it's not about just fatalism. But yeah, it's I crappy. Think, you can make it better, and if it's bad, if it's great, it can go bad. Yeah, based yeah. On I, how I can you, how you all I behave. can see
0: people getting that fatalist attitude about it if they if yeah. they don't recognize that that there is the power to change it, and then it's up to them to decide how they make those changes. Yes. Um, so yeah. I, I think you know one last thing on on sort of within the realm of culture. You talked about meetings at the beginning that you're not really a meeting culture. Um, how how did
1: that happen? <laughs> um, well, it, it's similar to uh, the answer, I forget what the question was, but the answer was like, we just want to make progress. Like, how how mm-hmm. how'd you land on the system? I, I don't like meetings. I, I oh. don't like them. I don't like sitting in, in them. Um, I don't like having them. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they're very efficient. Um, mm-hmm. And to the point about progress, I don't feel like we make a lot when you when you have them. Mm-hmm. Now, we do have co- a lot of conversations at the company. So to me, a meeting is like three, four, five, six, whatever people. You mm-hmm. have a lot of one-on-one conversations. Yeah, working on something, so a programmer or designer might catch up on Zoom or on a phone call or whatever mm-hmm. as frequently as they need to, but that's yeah. not a meeting to me. That's just like yeah. two people talking about something. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we don't talk and we don't communicate. There's a lot of that, mm-hmm. but there's not many people in those rooms, in those places that mm-hmm. becomes a meeting when people have to just sit around and either they're not involved or they are and they're over-involved or it's too many mm-hmm. people have to explain why they're there or prove their existence by chiming in in ways they don't need to and it goes long and <laughs> the end you're like, what do we do? And gosh, couldn't mm-hmm. we have handled this in 12 minutes instead of 45 or an hour? Mm-hmm. That's a meeting. Uh, two people talking, like I, I was talking to um, to Scott, who's one of our designers working on this calendar together. Mm-hmm. And and earlier today, I'm like, hey, are you free at, you know, around noon Pacific? He's like, sure. So mm-hmm. I, I sent him a Zoom link and we talked for like eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And we just Went over something that we needed to lo- look at. I'm like, I've got this idea. What do you think of this? Or I ran into this. And we just, you know, chatted and talked and mm-hmm. looked at things together and then hung up. It wow. wasn't on either of our calendars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't scheduled in advance. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. you got a few minutes? And he could have said, no, I don't. I'm, I'm, you know, with my kids or picking something up at the store. But how about two? I'm like, yeah, actually, two doesn't work for me. What about three? He's like, yeah, three works. And then mm-hmm. we would just like catch up around three. It doesn't even have to be three. It could be three oh eight. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like just and that would just yeah. call him or send him a link or whatever or I'd share a screenshot in Basecamp, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Hammered out. and We move on. Yeah, meetings like are the scheduled events of. People that take up time. Mm-hmm. Conversations are not those things.
0: Yeah, they seem a lot more natural, a lot more sort yeah. of fluid and intuitive. And uh, I'm a little jealous that 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 five people is a meeting to you because I'm used to much bigger fifty-person craziness. Oh. <laughs> oh. I would just <laughs> even even five people can create a, a pretty uh clunky meeting. I, I will yeah. agree. And yeah. i've been
1: like i I before i was doing this stuff we were a web design company so we were yeah. a creative services firm and i've been in these meetings with lots of people and different stakeholders i i, mm-hmm. I know i know it and that yeah. that's all, all the more reason why when i started my own thing like i don't want to do that So we're not going yeah do that.
0: yeah no i love that i think um there's a lot of interesting and to your point earlier a little bit counterintuitive stuff that you guys do that i think is part of the reason i follow you because there some of them are counterintuitive some of them i think are they're intuitive but they just seem crazy because like if you raised your hand in your company and you said how about we do it this way how about we do it this way they would be like not only do i not really understand what you're saying but if we were to, to take that at face value i would have no idea how to actually make it so in my company and i think one thing i wonder about with you guys, I'm sure people ask you at sometimes they've read your book and they go like, can you help us do this? Have you ever sort of consulted people on how to sort of apply the 37 signals approach?
1: I mean, those are the books. So the books and and shape mm. up especially is yeah. really, shape up is a very specific, like look at how we really work day to day. Um, that's the best we can do. Cause we're busy doing our own thing. You know, we're not a yeah. consulting company. Yeah. Um, if we were, uh, then I think we we could help a lot more people in, in mm-hmm. very specific ways. But the best way I think we can help people is by showing them how we actually do it. So I've been doing, mm-hmm. I've been putting these live design reviews up on, on YouTube. Occasionally we'll record mm-hmm. three of us looking at some work together mm-hmm. and talking it out and figuring out like what works, what doesn't, here's some ideas. Mm-hmm. And I just would record those. It might go for 45 minutes or 20, 25 minutes or whatever and put those up as is. Like there's no editing. This is just it. And just letting people see some of that has been helpful for people to go, oh, that's how they make decisions or that's how they do it. Or while well, there's only three people there and mm. wow, they just like made a call and they didn't have to like ask anyone else. And yeah. just seeing that, I think, is the, is the best way to 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 teach people. I think um, books are great, but books books form a certain foundation, but you have to see it in action. And you got to yeah. do it to learn, yeah. not learn how to play guitar through a book. Right. You just can't. You can learn the music theory. You can learn, yeah. but you've got to play. You know, and mm-hmm. that—that's the same thing I think with this kind of stuff. Is you've got to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you've Got to try these ideas at your company and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Well, I—I'm sure some people are because you—you you do have a lot of great books. Your, your, your LinkedIn stuff that both you and David put out are really interesting. Um. You know, when I think about what I'm trying to do here, this general idea of desuckifying work, I certainly put you in this category of people who are already doing it and you have your way of doing it. Do you, If you ever think sort of more big picture about the broader world of work, and if you thought, how could I sort of wave a magic wand and make it better for people? What what would that look like if work was just suddenly a lot better for people?
1: Um, I think it'd be something more people actually look forward to. Mm-hmm. In some ways, Mondays are not great for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some way, I'd like to make Mondays better, you know, yeah. uh, um, like, hey, we're going to do something this week. This is going to be fun. I'm excited to get back in there and and, and, mm-hmm. and do that and and not feel like it's this thing that's going you know, to suck. It's your point. You suck. At, yeah. I mean, it's really your word here. Yeah. Um, and, and and I think the other thing that's really joyful about work is making progress. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are stuck in running mm-hmm. in circles, um, doing a lot of work, but not getting anywhere, feeling mm-hmm. very busy, but not making any meaningful progress and so to help people make more progress mm-hmm. shape-ups all about and some of mm-hmm. our other ideas i think is really helpful it could be very meaningful for people and i'd like to see more people just making more progress it's mm. it's a it's a wonderfully rewarding experience to make progress on things
0: yeah i get it's that
1: i very think very depressing to just be stuck on something you know yeah not that, like sometimes getting stuck is i i enjoy like creatively, I'm, how do I, how do we solve this? Like there's something, but, but that's a good kind of stuck, but the Mm -hmm. bad kind of stuck is like, we're just like, we're not going anywhere. This is just like in loops. We're just, yeah. Another meeting about the thing we just talked about and like, Mm -hmm. why are they just Everyone's changing their mind all the time. We're not making any progress here. We're just sitting here and yet we're busy and, or I'm waiting for something from someone. That's the kind of stuck. It's no good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think everybody can probably relate to that kind of stuck because it's like, it's basically like everything sort of collapses, you know, all the structure, everything that was in place collapses. And now you're just in this soup of nothing and you can't get out of it, but yet something you're pointing to something that you feel like you have to get to. So you spend weeks and weeks and weeks just stuck. So I think the idea of progress, um, makes a lot of sense. I know for people in my business that I've come from, you know, there's nothing worse than working in a job. And you look back after a year and you go, Hmm, I didn't, what did I, what did I really do? And, you know, in a a world where you're dependent on your portfolio and you need to show what you've done and you can kind of go, well, I had that one thing, you know, versus like six weeks, I got a thing, six weeks, I got a thing, six weeks, I got a thing. There's like, there is a lot of joy in that. It sounds so simple, but back to human nature, I think we're, we're wired to feel joy when we accomplish something, you know?
1: yes and the other thing is yeah 100 percent with all that and the other thing is is that um i think it's important also to look at the work you're doing and recognize that it depends on the work you're doing but like the work we're doing we should be able to move quickly like mm-hmm. we're not building widgets that require supply chains and mm-hmm. advanced machinery and trips yep. to china to check out the factory like we're not d- learning how different metals interact and how you bring glass and steel together. So there's the, you know, perfect cut lines. Like Mm -hmm. that is hard and can take years. I can imagine, Mm -hmm. but software specifically or services like the Mm -hmm. business you're in and others.
2: I'm
1: not saying the creative process is instant, but like, there's just so few barriers truly to making progress. And if you're Mm -hmm. not, that's really a shame because it's, there's nothing in the way really, except these man-made obstacles mm-hmm. these 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 bumps that we create um yeah. it really is relatively simple until you make it hard it just mm-hmm. is and yeah so anyway hopefully anyone who's listening to this can you know maybe this is some fuel for them to 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 make a little bit more progress this year five percent ten percent more progress this year make you know ship two things instead of one or mm-hmm. 15 instead of 10 like get mm-hmm. more stuff out there in the world
0: yeah i think there i think people hopefully will and i think yeah, that that feeling of being stuck is is tough. And I I, I recommend people follow you and, and read the books and all that stuff. So before we go, what's what's the easiest way for people to find you and keep up on what you guys are doing?
1: It probably depends where where they are. So if if you're on LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn, Jason Freed on LinkedIn. And, and my, my business partner, David Hanemeyer Hansen he puts out great stuff too, mm-hmm. uh, we're both on Twitter as well. He's mm-hmm. DHH on Twitter or X, whatever I'm Jason Freed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we both have, um, newsletters, uh, and blogs, personal newsletters and blogs that cover a lot of these topics, okay. which is worth looking at. So those are at world.hey.com slash Jason mm-hmm. world.hey.com slash DHH. Okay. Great. That's probably what I'd recommend, uh, and then you can also email me just directly, Jason at 37 Signals or Jason at basecamp.com or Jason at hay.com. You can hit me up in awesome. person if that would be helpful, and uh, hopefully, I can be helpful.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's all great. I think uh, you can find the books through the 37 Signals site as well, right? Yes,
1: awesome. Yeah, 37 uh, Signals slash books or basecamp.com slash books, either one will cool. we'll get you there. Awesome. Well, Jason,
0: I really appreciate you coming on. I think. A ton of stuff that'll get people thinking in a different way which is exactly what what we want to happen so thanks for coming on the show
1: thanks i loved chatting with you tj thanks it was really uh, questions were great and i like the flow so thanks for having me here
0: awesome thanks jason bye bye thanks everyone for tuning in and thanks to jason for making way too much sense for one podcast you can follow jason on linkedin and subscribe to his blog at worldhaycom slash jason. Visit 37signals.com to learn more about the company and their counterintuitive approach to work. I also highly recommend checking out their books at 37signals.com slash books. Try not to get overwhelmed by all of that desuckification. Bye, everyone.